your mother. Me and my mother, my sister, my brother. Everybody in my family was smart. They knew how to read, write. They were, they were fucking phenomenal, right? And I didn't know how to do that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Was academics, I mean, was that stressed growing up in... Uh... That just wasn't who I was. Just wasn't who you were. Okay. It wasn't who I was. I was the guy... I saw guys on the corner, just like everybody. I saw them on the corner, and I realized on the corner, nobody fucked with those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, if they had fights, they fought on the corner among themselves or whatever. But I know nobody outside of that crew messed with those guys on the corner. You know, so I wanted to be a street guy. Mm-hmm. So bad. I wanted to be a street guy so bad. I don't know why, because I was always getting beat up and bullied, and people were taking stuff from me. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I was. I grew up. I didn't feel safe at home. My mother, like I was saying, my mother, um, very promiscuous. My father's a pimp gangster. My father is a motherfucker. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, ooh, fuck. Mm, but yeah, so I, I, I'm really dark, nigga. Mm-hmm. Really dark. I'm a dark nigga. That's sort of light. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I. That's who I am. See, you know, I just told you that story about, and a lot of people know the story on here. But real quickly, you know, I had a bully. You know, somebody came to beat me up every day. It's just, it's so interesting to hear you say that, that people tried to pick on you as a kid. Woo! It's interesting. I mean, Listen. Uh, what, they first did whatever why? they wanted to me. Because I'm a fucking bitch. Because I'm a punk. Because I'm a fucking victim. Uh-huh. uh-huh. That's why. Because they can. Yeah. And off of that, though, you said... I'm on a, did you want to be a boxer? Was that something that no you way. wanted to be growing up? Like, how did how did boxing come into it? Hey, so it wasn't a thing of self-defense for you. It was just... No. Um, listen. My first fight, I used to... I'm a pigeon guy. I always fly, I fly birds, pigeons. Yeah. So, um, my first fight, this guy um, took one of my pigeons. And so, um, I said, please, give my bird back. He's an older guy. I must have been nine. He must have been 15 or 12, 15, 13. He's a teenager. And I said, give my bird. I said, fuck you, fat nigga. So he took my birds. He clipped my bird's head off. And he hit me with the fucking bird. Mm-hmm. And um, some other guy that used to abuse me and bully me, he said, yo, man, fight him back. He, he is sitting there, fuck. He has got that. Everybody has said, fuck this shit, man. You got to do something. And um, I fought back. I never fought nobody before. I fought back, and you know what? I can fight real good. Mm-hmm. So after that, everybody would bring other kids from different neighborhoods around to fight me for money. Really? So I would fight for money. Yeah, I would, you know, guys would give me some stuff. I would just fight people from different neighborhoods and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the only thing I thought I could do. So I was, uh, I was, um, I was really like, listen, I'm not showing off a bragging. I was just really a good fighter. I yeah. just born. A, I'm scared to find my fucking chicken, but I'm just a good fighter. Uh-huh. Fuck. Uh-huh. Just I, I just spirit to fight. Yeah. But I'm afraid. I'm scared. I'm, I'm, I'm that world. I'm just scared. I'm a victim. Uh-huh. And then um, I got locked up. I became a criminal. I'm knocking people out, taking their money. So um, it's, listen, I'm fighting men. I'm 12 years old. I'm, nine, I'm 11 years old. I'm fighting men. I'm fucking up men. 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm the, I become the knockout guy. I'm knocking out guys, and we're going in their pockets. And so that's my whole life has been violent, and I'm not a violent person. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Uh, no, I believe it. I feel like so, that drowns um, me. Yeah. So I um, I go. I get locked up, and I go to Spafford. and then Spafford, It's not 79. 
78. And then spot for one day, Muhammad Ali comes and visits the kids. The rest, of the, you know, the kids that are fucked up in this juvenile detention. And then I said, uh, the people that have kicked their ass all the time, you know, the staff there, I see them crying. I see them, they see Ali, they cry. I don't know what to do. I said, fuck. I said, I bet you know why he picks on him. And so later on, a couple of months, I do a spot for so I go to another place. They ship me off to another place. And I'm in this place is a gentleman named Irish Bobby Stewart. He's an ex-professional fighter. So he's, he started teaching me how to box. Kicking my ass. But then he started teaching me. He just wanted to let you know, you know, I'm the man. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a reputation in the institution system. So he had to check me, right? I'm only 12 or 13 at the time. But um, I was amongst the man. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. But anyway, listen, all right? So he takes me to Customado, and um, he teaches me how to box. And when I first go there, and I, I see Custer's house, this man, this Victorian mansion, I think to myself, because I'm going to rob these white motherfuckers. <laughs> Stupid motherfucking crackers going to let me come in their house, and they're going to look out for me. Stupid white motherfuckers. And then um, I started talking to him. And um, he said... You know, um, you're really good looking. Have you noticed how I noticed you're good looking? So I'm thinking this nigga's a pervert. The fay want to fuck me or something. So, oh, what the fuck you doing? But he's building my confidence. Uh-huh. He's telling me, look in the mirror. Tell yourself how beautiful you are. Love yourself. This is your life right now. This is, he introduced me to the mirror. The mirror's been my life ever since. So uh-huh. look into the mirror and I, well, I'm almost making love to the mirror. I'm in love with myself. But then when I'm off the mirror, I'm dark and low. Uh-huh. So, um, well, anyway, he started teaching me. I met Customado, and he just blew my mind. Uh-huh. With, um, if you listen to me, people will name their children after you. Uh-huh. He just was telling me, he just fucking blowing my ego up. He's like, you know, he made me believe that I was better than everybody, which was wrong. But how, what a, how were you able to accept that? Did, were you able to accept that easily? Was this the first time anybody in your life has ever told you something like that? Listen, um... I came there to rob these white people, these stupid white motherfuckers gonna bring this nigga in from the gutter in their house and they're gonna treat him like a family, stupid white motherfucker. And then um, uh, I became a slave to him. Mm-hmm. I needed his, I needed every word. I needed him to say, is this okay? Can I do this? He became my, he became my conscious. Uh-huh. You know? Uh-huh. But there's something, like if I can go up to somebody right now and go, hey, you know what? You're destined for greatness. A lot of people are like, nah, I'm not going to No, but I lived with him, so he had a chance to work on me. He had a chance to peel those layers, break me down, and build me back up. Uh-huh. What were some of the things he would tell you that was like, man, I got this? Like, to... Listen, I'm a big believer. We talked about this. Like, listen, once you give a person confidence, they cannot be stopped. Lord, let me just tell you this. All right? I'm not going to go through all the, the basics. When it's, um, it's October 2nd, 1980. Ali fights Larry Holmes. Mm-hmm. We go to Albany, New York. We live in Kansas. We go 30 miles north to Albany, New York, and we watch it on pay-per-view. And um, after that fight, after the fight, we got in the car. No one talked. So we drove 30 miles back to Catskill. We all opened the door. We all went to our rooms. We never talked. The next morning, Cus is on the phone with Muhammad Ali. And, whoa. My, my feelings are going back there. Ali is calling, I mean, Cus is calling Larry home so many bad. How do you let that bum hit on you, Jeb? Ali, how do you the bum? Why do you let that bum beat on you? Know? Cus, he's almost getting sensitive, you know, emotional. Why is the bum almost crying? He's a fucking bum. Why do you let him hit you? Why do you let him beat up? 
something like that. Who the fuck am I bum? I got a couple of amateur fights. I'm going to avenge the great Muhammad Ali. He didn't even listen to me. He's still talking. He didn't listen to anything I said. And then January 22nd, I'm fighting him. And then Ali comes into the ring and says, get him for me. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. And um, I did that, but I just really, you just can't, um, how great of a fighter Larry Holmes is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was a great man. It's just that he had to he had to be the legend, you know. He had to beat him up bad, but it's just he did what he was supposed to do. He, but Larry Holmes was such a magnificent fighter. Yeah, I remember very, uh, hearing about that fight. That Larry was crying after yeah, the fight such a magnificent because he fight. felt so bad about getting there. But uh, but talk about the love that you had for boxing at the beginning. Like, what did it what did it represent in your life at that time? Were you in love with it at the beginning? Or was it something, hey, I got this gift and everybody is telling me how great it is, so I'm going to go do it because of that? Or did you really Uh love boxing? I'm trying to find the words to express and and explain. I was aware aware of my preeminence. Mm -hmm. I was aware of everything I was doing. I was aware that I could become famous and the world could listen to me, that I could be somebody and my ego could just suck all this up. My cousin, we're all ego-driven. Listen, when I first met, because I thought they were living good, but he's living with um, his woman companion, and this is her house. All this stuff is hers. And he convinced us somewhere that we're going to get a great champion. we got to turn this into a, tra- a training camp, because he's a fanatic fight. That's all he lived for, fighting. He said, let's change this, Victorian House 14, let's change this into a training camp. Mm-hmm. She convinced him to do this shit and had people sponsoring him, and then um, I came along. He was born in 2000, he was 1908, I'm born in 1966, so um, my life was changed in 1908. Isn't that true something? We think about my life was changed in 1908. Yeah. was my destiny. And from being with Cuss, um, Cuss is, um, what I was trying to explain, Cuss is very delusional. You know, that's like myself. Uh-huh. What do you mean by that, delusional? Delusional in the sense that, like, hey... Say something like that, like, you're going to be heavyweight champion. Most people don't have that audacity to say listen, something like that. Listen. Is that when what you I mean? say delusional, I say delusional in a magnificent way. Yeah. Delusional is my way of life. Uh-huh. You know, I, I even think that I'm, I always think about war and money and destiny. And so in my mind, I say, listen, the God of war... Because they're women. Um, most of them are women. The God of fortune, the God of destiny. And I'm, and in my mind, I'm thinking, like, wow, the God of war, he made love with them and them, and I'm a descendant of them. 
you know, my ego tells me that I'm a descendant of greatness, that I'm, you know, uh-huh. and it has nothing to do with my parents and my family and nothing. They were just a vessel, and I'm very special. Yeah. You know, but then um, when I'm around people, I always have to disguise myself as, hey, guys, how you doing? Uh-huh. But when I'm alone, I think I'm a monk. I think I'm an Alexander the Great. I got thousands of people following me, and I'm raising hell. I would, see, I would, I'd love to dive into that because I want to know, like, where does that come from? Like, how do... My low self-esteem. Low self-esteem, meaning what? Like, like... Uh, I don't think much of myself. But you think that you're destined for this, this, and you did. It came to fruition. It happened. No, this is nothing. This uh-huh. boxing, all this shit is nothing. Uh-huh. This is nothing. All this, what you're doing, football, what we doing now, it's nothing. Your thoughts, your think is nothing. Mm-hmm. It's meaningless. It's just um, our evolving of who we are to the next species. We're just passing it on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when you're... The, the reason I'm asking this now... Why are you who you are? Why are you act the way that you are? Why are you conscious of what people think about? Uh-huh. Why do you feel that way? I, I'd say it's the way God made me. I don't know. It's just since I was a little kid, I've always been this curious person. Have you ever shamed in your life? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's why, listen, this, check this out. Um, we're born, we live in life, and then something happens that makes me the way I am, makes you the way you are. If something has to happen, it doesn't It doesn't go vicariously. Hey, we live in life and we change into that person that we are now. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work that way. Something happens to change us into this person. Mm-hmm. So um, I was a little kid and one day, and um, this, oh, this is going to be interesting. It's about growing. I didn't understand these guys that used to bully me all the time. They got me involved with flying pigeons, but... Not in a good way. So the birds they had were like fucking disgusting birds. They weren't in good shape. So they landed on other roofs. So they, you should go chase the bird. Go. So I had to go in this building. And there's people in the fucking, you know how people stand in the front of their building. Another crew. And then they say, what the fuck you doing in this building? Nigga, you the only in this building? I got to go through all that shit to fly the bird. And then they say, hey, go to the store. Give me this. Give me that. And then they tell me this. At the end of the day, they say, hey, we're going to the jam tonight. I'm going to, and I say, can I come? I'm a stupid ass nigga, like nine or ten years old. Can I come? But I didn't never, I never understood about, um, I didn't know you had to wash and stuff. So I go to the party, the little dance, and I got shit and I got tar on me from the birch. I didn't understand about cleaning the hygiene. I don't know that stuff yet. But these guys do. And so I get there, everybody's laughing. You know this bummy ass nigga, this nasty, get the fuck out of here nigga. And somebody might even kick me or hit me or something. Or beat me up or something because I just don't look like them. I'm not fly. Yeah. And so, um... The guy, some guy that was there, but he um, he doesn't fly pigeons with those guys, but he was just hanging out with them. He said, yo, shorty, meet me at the coop on the roof, nigga. He said, get out of here, meet me. The, and So I went back to Slabbird and he was there. And he said, come on, come with me. And so we went robbing houses that whole day. Mm-hmm. And um, he didn't give me much money. He gave me like 100, 200 bucks. But what he did do was take me shopping. He got me fly. And, um... I went back to that place, and those people didn't remember who I was. Mm. They didn't know they were saying, well, they just respected me. They thought I was fly. They looked at my clothes, saw my jewelry. I was, I was only 10 years old, nigga. Mm-hmm. I got jewelry. I got watches. I got fucking jewelry, watch, long jean watches. I miss a fly. And so um, I realized that um, people were shallow, and that I, to this day, it still hangs. Look how I dress my clothes. All my clothes are expensive clothes and shit. Because I hide my filth and stuff, I hide my insecurity. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what all they were doing. They were all very disgusting, insecure people, but they hide their filth with beautiful clothes and jewelry and stuff. And that's what I learned from the hood. Yeah. We were all hiding our filth by beauty. We use that. That's our, our mask of, um, what is that? What is the mask of humility? Mm-hmm. Or the mask of, it's just a mask. It's not who we are. Uh-huh. That ego that, that we. I learned from my mentor. He said, we're never by these who we appear to be. I'm not who I appear to be. You're not who you appear to be. When we're in this kind of outing, like we're all together, nobody's who they appear to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, put the mask. Yeah. The mask we wear, stuff like that. The mask of sanity. Uh-huh. That's what I say. The mask of sanity. That's the book. I was, I was, um, I'm an insecure guy because I don't have education, so I read so many books. Yeah. I want people to think I'm intelligent, but I'm intelligent without the books. Yeah. My whole life has been absorbed by books. Yeah, but you're a curious person, Mike. Huh? You're a curious person. That's one thing, just sitting down with you for the last hour and a half, and I did the podcast with you before, and sitting down here with you now, you, no matter what happens to you in life, you always keep moving forward. You keep staying curious. You want to learn. You have this thirst for knowledge, and you listen. So that's kind of like, where did that come from? Is that part of, you said, you used the word destiny. Do you think it's just, were you born for that? Or did you develop that? Did you hear that from somebody along the way? I don't know why I was born. I wish sometimes, you know, I look at this in life. I I don't know why I'm searching for something. Because it keeps me away from finding out more about who I am. That's what we do in life. We avoid finding out who we are. So we get involved with so many other things. And we we create um, landmarks. You know, we do great things because we're trying to avoid who we are. But who we are comes out in our work. You know, yeah. that's how big. That's how big is um misconception. We there's no secrets, nigga. Mm-hmm. There's no secrets. We're sick of our secrets. There's no secrets. Everybody, listen. You'd be surprised. People they they know more about you, but they, you just you just don't talk to them. Mm-hmm. Some people know who I am. They know who we are. They can just read us and know who we are. You know, mm-hmm. and we don't want to fuck and fuck with those people. You know. Uh-huh. Well, let's talk. Let's, and a lot of that is. Is fear. We talked about that. What's your, based world. what's your thoughts on fear? Fear is my friend. Uh-huh. I love fear. Fear, fear. fear allows me to reach my highest potential. Mm-hmm. The fear of failing is an illusion. Yeah. Fear is an illusion. But we have to have desire. We have to have something that pushes us. Fear pushes us. Uh-huh. We don't understand that living prepares us for death. Our life, it prepares us for death. Uh-huh. You know, even if we die young, it prepares us. Just the fact that we're losing guys like Kobe lose. We just moving people in our family. It's people dying. It's around us all every day, so we prepare for it. Mm-hmm. We understand it, but we avoid it. Do you have any methods for getting through fear? Excuse me. Do you have any methods? Like, how do you how do you get through fear? What if, if somebody says, "Yes, I'm afraid right now," and uh, whether it's a, preparing for a fight or a football game or a business meeting or I'm going to ask this girl out, like, how do you? How do you get through that fear? What, what? I just tell you, listen, this is the thing, right? Whatever we do in the sports, life, and when you don't, when that, when you don't have that feeling no more, it's over. Mm-hmm. When you don't get that fear no more, it's over. Yeah. Meaning that it's gotta like that's 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 the measurement stick. That that's that's how you know you're going in the right direction. It keeps us alive. Yeah. Listen, you think a deer, a deer comes to a lake. He feels the intention is a lion in the tree. So normally he'll jump 50 feet. But with that fear, he jumped 40 feet. Yeah. You know, it's the flight of, it's survival. Our fear makes us think things that 
don't even exist. Our biggest fear never happened. Mm-hmm. Whatever we're afraid of in life, our biggest fear never happens. We go to our grave thing, well, this shit's never happened. We're waiting for this, it never came, you yeah. know? It's just, um, it motivates us, our that's, fear. That's the direction that you need to go. Without our fear, fear, we're nothing. I know. We get hit by cars every fucking day. We just walk out, we're oblivious. Fear keeps us conscious of our existence. It keeps us um, conscious of knowing that we're mortal. So before each fight, were you afraid? <laughs> Listen, right? And I'm a guy, I'm conscious. I understand the process of fear. Since I was 13, I understand the process I was taught. And I just, I'm scared, I'm crying before <laughs> But I'm, I'm, I'm not crying to get my ass kicked. I'm crying because I'm going to lose fame. People are not going to love me no more. I'm not going to be nothing. I'm going to go back to Brownsville. Nobody else. No, I'm a failure in life. I'm nothing. I'm a bitch-ass nigga. And then I'm a... And then as soon as they say it's time to go, I turn into a monster. How does that happen? How do you think it happens? I don't... I feel like, for me, I had to do the same thing. I used to cry. I used to be so nervous. I used to tell myself I'm not playing football anymore when I first started. Even after I went through my failure of Pop Warner, when I got to freshman football, sophomore year of football, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm so scared right now, the butterflies. And then we go out there after that first hit. It's like, okay, I'm in the game now. And I loved it while it was going on. And then after the game, we'd go back to that, like, little bit of fear. What did you know about projecting? You mean getting out in front of it, seeing it happen before it happens, or? Throwing it out there. Uh-huh. You know, listen, check this out. And I don't wear your cats, right? Uh, where I came from, everybody abused me, beat my ass, kicked my ass, whatever they wanted to me. And now I'm the baddest nigga on the planet. Well, so what they say. Yeah. How does that happen? I'm a bitch-ass nigga, and I'm the baddest nigga on the planet, on a stage, and telling everybody. Come on, I want to fight, you bitch. I, I'm doing every, I'm just, I brought my fucking pain with me. I kept, that's what I don't do no more. I don't bring my fucking pain with me. Yeah. I fucked my career because I brought my fucking pain in the past, but it enhanced me to do so much fucking incredible shit. Yeah. But it fucked me up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I got addicted to fucking chaos. Mm. And once you're addicted to that, you fucking... Yeah. You, I'm surprised I'm still alive. I, did, I, I didn't die. Normally when you're addicted to chaos, you die. You saw these guys. You see the guys before us. The wild guys. I don't want to mention the names. You know, when yeah. you they just can't stop, I couldn't stop. Yeah. I couldn't stop. I just got... Listen, I just got convicted on a rape case. And then I'm fucking... I'm in the club still picking up girls. I can't stop. Yeah. I just got convicted. I'm still out in the club picking up girls. Going in the club picking girls in the club. Taking them in the hotel. I just couldn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, I'm functioning just about, he just can't stop. Mm-hmm. You know, he just couldn't stop. Yeah. I didn't want to stop. You know, I had to get rock bottom, I had to almost die to stop. So, you hit your rock bottom, I don't know, I don't know what that is. Um, when you hit something like that, and to see where you are now. Nigga, my rock bottom become, is when I won the championship. That was your rock bottom? Yeah. The first time? The f- yeah. When I won the championship, 20 years yeah, old, 20 that years was old. my rock yeah. bottom, without me even knowing it. It appeared to be my fucking, um, my destiny, my life, yeah, but that was up. my rock bottom. And you said because it was too glamorous? It was too, no, too because, much um, temptation there? No, because it was everything, because I made it happen. 
Do you know? You don't even know. You made this happen. You you did the hard work, but this is um this is your mind. You made this happen before you even started doing this shit. Before you even liked playing football, you made this happen. It was destined for you to be who you are. You think you're doing it yourself. You think it because your hard work. It was destined for you to be who you are, nigga. Mm-hmm. You think you're controlling. I noticed that you think you're in control. You're not. Yeah. You're not in control at all. But you, you believe you are because I can see how you, you work. Yeah. You're yeah. not, brother. You're not. This is happening because somebody, something wants it to happen. Uh-huh. You're just a vessel. Whew. That was a, a pretty, pretty, pretty um, good um, man. Mike Tyson's, uh, what can I say, man? Just so much respect for this guy, y'all. Um, but anyway, I had to cut it short. Um, it's uh, You can check it out on YouTube, you know, his interview with Tony. Uh, man, Mike Tyson's a really good dude, man. Uh, just listening to him and stuff that he's went through. You know, as a as a as a child, then up into a you know champion um, boxer, man, it's a beautiful thing. But anyway, y'all, thank all y'all for tuning in to the Paul Anthony Walker podcast. Look forward to talking to y'all soon. Peace.